Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 1st. It is five minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Shall we talk about the Fiscal Responsibility Act? Why is it they always name it what it not, what it isn't, what it's not? Let me say that again. They always give it a name of what it isn't. Okay, so it passed yesterday, 314 to 117, got support from both sides, or should we say it didn't get support from both sides. More Democrats voted for this than Republicans. Yeah, this is a Democrat-led bill. So, again, let's review what happened last night. The Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who Jim Banks voted for 15 consecutive times. We'll get to Jim and his no vote mm-hmm. yesterday in just a moment uh but the republican speaker of the house who promised for months on end to be a change agent to bring fiscal responsibility to washington to lead us out of inflation teamed up with the democrats and democrat votes to pass a debt sp- a debt ceiling bill that will add trillions of de- uh, dollars to the national debt it will increase spending and it was approved 100% signed on by Joe Biden. Yep. That's that's what happened. End of story. I mean, that was what took place last night. Now, what's fascinating is that all but one of the Indiana Republican delegation, well, <laughs> let's let me rephrase seven that. Of the nine. Seven of the nine. Seven of the nine. Uh, yes, yeah, seven of the nine. Let me rephrase it. Seven of the nine representatives from Indiana did not oppose this bill. I'm trying to make sense of what what Jim Banks did last night was so ridiculous and egregious. He missed his vote. Yeah. Jim Banks missed, oh, for all the, for, I'm sorry that was confusing for people, but it is confusing to explain it because Jim Banks didn't do his job last night. Jim Banks simply did not vote on this bill. For all the bravado and bull crap, and I'm against it, and I'm a fiscal conservative, and I, he was, I don't know if he was looking at himself in a mirror, I don't know if he was doing a television interview, I don't know what he was doing, but he didn't vote. So there are seven Republican representatives in Indiana. There are nine total representatives, two Democrats, seven Republicans. Five of the nine, well, five of the seven voted yes. I'm sorry, Kate, Jim Banks screwed all of this up because he didn't do his <laughs> damn job. Okay, so five of the seven Republicans voted yes. So mm-hmm. it's the usual loser suspects, the people who we expect. It's Yakum, it's Baird, it's uh, 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 Bouchon. It's uh, professional office hopper Aaron Ouch, uh, Aaron Houchin. It's Mike Pence's loser brother Greg Pence. So those five voted yes yeah. to raise the debt ceiling, to add four trillion dollars to the national debt, to get almost no concessions. Then Victoria Sparts, who we'll hear from in just a second, she voted no. Right. And then Jim Banks, for who knows what reason, failed to vote. I would say that he's MIA, but that means missing in action. He was missing in inaction. He, I mean, they issued a statement on it that he walked up there after the vote and said, I want everybody to know that I'm against this. Yeah. Well, Palski, 
great. Why didn't you vote? But you weren't there. I mean, it was the most bizarre thing. And so then uh, Mervan, who's the Democrat from the region, voted yes. And then Carson, the Democrat from Marion County, voted no. So two of Indiana's nine representatives voted no. Only one of Indiana's seven Republicans voted no, and that's Victoria Sparks. There, I'm sorry that was confusing, but again, Mr. Tough Guy didn't <laughs> bother to show up and vote, so he made that very difficult to explain to people. He also didn't call me back. What? I know, I know. And you, he was on with Tony Katz, but, you know. The- Jim Banks is a fraud and a failure. Casey, I'm at work today. Yes. You're at work today. Clearly. You know Why? Because if we didn't show up to our job, mm-hmm. if we didn't do our job, we would be fired for not doing our job, which is to broadcast radio every single day. That's how it works in the real world. Apparently, if you're Jim Banks, and it doesn't matter that you spend your whole day doing interviews, he was on Whoa Whoa, he was on with Tony, he was flapping his flap, 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 yep. flap, flap, flap. Now, of course, he never acknowledged we're in this position because he supported Kevin McCarthy 15 times. He never takes the ownership on that. Well, this is a bad deal for the American people. Well, how do you think we got here, buddy? We never acknowledges that. He has time to do all that all day, flapping his gums, TV, radio, whatever, about what a conservative he is. But he didn't do his job. Yeah, it's like he could hold the reservation. He just he could take the reservation. He, he just, just didn't hold the reservation. I mean, he's, Jim Banks is now a Seinfeld character. Okay, and the statement that was released, it wasn't... It, they said the vote closed as the congressman was walking onto the floor. <laughs> do we need to put a GoFundMe together and get him a watch? What a loser. What a complete... I mean, these all people... He registered his no vote with the House clerk. Okay, great, but it doesn't count. No, you're right. It doesn't... It doesn't matter? It doesn't doesn't matter. He was no more beneficial last night than I was. You or I might as well have just been in in that spot because he didn't do his job. They're saying that he made it clear that he was opposed to raising the debt limit. Rob, I, I've made it clear that I'm a fantastic broadcaster. But guess what? If I'm not here to broadcast, nobody knows it. Yes, yeah, so let's, let's we're going to hear from some audio. And just for those of you watching on YouTube, it does say Hammer and Nigel still today. We're having a little problem with the YouTube feed. So if you're looking for us, it will still say Hammer and Nigel, but it is us. So if mm-hmm. you're saying, well, where are Kendall and Casey? That's, yeah. well, that's why. Anyway, uh, just to make that clear, it's no one's fault. We're trying to figure it out. Some gremlin in the YouTube feed. We'll get it figured out. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's hear from people telling us what a disaster this was. We will start with Matt Gates. He yeah. is a representative from Florida, and he says this is a massive win for the Democrats. The dollar loses its position as the global reserve currency, then every American will actually feel the impact of this debt. Yeah. Right now, we feel it through inflation, but politicians are able to divorce themselves from the actual accountability. And I would suggest that this legislation might actually be worse than a clean debt limit increase, because if you lash the permitting reform that establishment Republicans are championing to the Green New Deal tax credits that now Joe Biden gets to cement in and extend for years, that actually what you're going to be accelerating permitting on, more wind farms, more solar. And that is going to distort the energy market more and make the problems worse that people sent us here to solve. Mm-hmm. And another thing, they've been hanging their hat on this work requir- requirement, right? Yes. Well, the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, they did an analysis, and they said that that's going to grow spending by $2.1 billion. <laughs> it never stops, Casey. And by it, I mean the Republicans. So, I mean, you think about it. So, Indiana has seven of the nine are Republicans. 
seven of the nine mm-hmm. are Republicans. And of those, because by not voting, I'm putting you in the yes category there, tough guy. So six of the nine, because if you cared so little, you didn't even make it up to vote. I mean, there's like four people who didn't vote. He, you are you are in the, I mean, you're in the consent camp if you care so little that you don't make it up to vote, which is Jim Banks. Mm-hmm. So six of the seven Republicans in Indiana, Baird, Bouchon, Rudy Yockum, uh, uh, uh Pence's brother, uh, professional office hopper Aaron Houchin. I mean, they, they all just, sure, that's fine. Add four more trillion to the nation's debt. We don't care about you mm-hmm. at all. You know why? Because they fear, and I, I just, I keep talking about this all the time on the state level, and it's so true on a national level. They fear the party apparatus and the donors and the lobbyists more than they fear you. To Jim Baird and Rudy Yockum and Mike Pence's loser brother and professional office hopper Aaron Houchin, uh, the fear of losing the money and losing the, the support of the party is greater than the fear of losing you. And that's an us thing. That's on us. We have created the system by which the automatic yes Republican vote or in the primary yes vote for the incumbent we have created this system. We are to blame for our, our, ourselves here here in Indiana. And um, Jim Banks should be ashamed of himself. He said what a zero. He's going to continue to fight for fiscal conservatism. By not voting? Well, how would we know? <laughs> how would we know? This is the guy who wants to be a senator. He wants to represent the entire state now, not just his district, not just Northeast Indiana, but all of us, Right. All right, so Victoria Sparks, who was, we got to give her some credit. She's completely insane on the- She showed up? On the Ukraine stuff, but we give her credit here. Uh, She did uh, indeed vote no. She was the one Indiana- I mean, how many times do we just say, man, I am ashamed to be an Indiana Republican? Because I'm still a Republican in good standing. I mean, it's a futile effort at this point. But, man, our party sucks. We <laughs> suck, Casey. And uh, Victoria Sparts did vote no. She's the one Indiana Republican who voted no, and she talked about that. Mr. Speaker, I rise today to express my grave concern with the fiscal state of our nation. As someone who spent over a decade in the finance and accounting profession, We're going to be voting on the Fiscal Responsibility Act today, and one side will say how great it is, and the other side will say how awful it is. But really, it's meaningless, considering the immense gravity of our fiscal problems. As Michelangelo once said, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but it is too low and we reach it. Unfortunately, this Congress is not in this aim high enough for all of the peoples that died for our republic and for future generations. I hope we'll have a backbone to do it someday. I yield back. A backbone to do it someday, but that wasn't last night. And it's always the same song and dance from these guys, Casey. It's always the same, oh, the next step. I mean, Mm -hmm. the next time, the next appropriations bill, this is putting us in a better position. It's putting Biden in a better position because now he can say that he got this done when he's running for president. And McCarthy even said, I think we did a pretty dang good thing for the American people. You got Schumer out there saying this has been a good vote in the House. You got Biden thanking McCarthy, saying, hey, he negotiated in good faith. You got McCarthy saying this is good for the American people. 
Let's take a break because when we come back, I have to do a very public breakup. Uh-oh. And shaming. Okay, I'll get the tissue. That is going to break my heart, Casey, mm-hmm. because we have conversations all the time about is there anyone you like? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was that answer is no now. <laughs> mortally wounded yesterday by someone that I have many times uh, spoken very highly of, that mm-hmm. I've gone to bat for, that I've told people was a very brilliant person. And they, too, betrayed America yesterday. And so on this show, we own our baggage. <laughs> and I have let our audience down by going to bat for this person. So uh, there will be one less person in the Rob Kendall supports very small group. Uh, we're we're having a breakup when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Twenty one minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. How do you just not vote? He just didn't. He was not there. Do you think he was in the bathroom? Uh, yeah. Okay, seriously, where was Jim Banks yesterday? So we're talking about if you missed the opening segment, Jim Banks, fake internet tough guy who also real tough with friendly media who will not come on this show uh yesterday flapping his gums all day not acknowledging that we're in this position because he wouldn't stand up to kevin mccarthy and vote against him as speaker usual big tough guy approach about how he's against the debt ceiling and blah 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 blah. never mind that he enabled it to happen he missed his vote do you think that we have a right to know where he was absolutely because there has to be some sort of thing there has to be these People have special rules all the time. If, as you said, Banks is in the can, you know, right. Banks <laughs> ran out of toilet paper. Like, uh, embarrassing, but. He will be in in one in five seconds. There has to be some sort of, you know, whatever. I he mean, cl- this is one way to keep it off his voting record, right? Well, that's what this is about, right? I mean, there's no way you don't deliberately miss a vote of this magnitude. So either Pretty Boy was looking at himself in the mirror or was looking at himself on TV or on, or talking to somebody on the radio, and that was more important to him than getting his butt down there and casting a vote on the American people's behalf. How do you miss the vote? I mean, what, what does that look like? Seriously. Because they put out this statement saying the vote closed as the congressman was walking onto the floor. Like, what? Oh, I, I'm late. I Did I miss it? <laughs> he knew exactly when it was going to happen. Right, Absolutely. He, and it, he was just a no-show. And it wasn't like, you know, if it was, hey, there was a family illness or the congressman had had a seizure or, you know, whatever, that would have been what they put out. Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, uh, fine, but that's not what they did. He missed the vote. He had time. There was no emergency today. yesterday when he was flapping his gums on whoa, whoa, or with Tony or mm-hmm. whatever else about how great he is and how fiscally conservative he is. He didn't want to vote on this because he knows in his heart. He's going to have to own it. Yeah, he owns that his first vote of any significance is against the guy that he told us how great he was. Jim Banks lied. It's not that he was misinformed. It wasn't that he didn't know. It wasn't that he was wrong. Jim Banks lied to everyone about Kevin McCarthy. Now, the rest of these jokers, uh, Bouchon and Baird and Yakum and and professional office hopper Aaron Houchin and, and Pence's brother, we know what they are. Right. They've never professed to be better. Those people are complete losers. 
Jim Banks has always professed to be different. He mm -hmm. is no different now. Same guy, same empty suit. And you can look for it when Jim Banks is elected to the U.S. Senate because he's going to waltz in there because he played his cards right with the establishment and didn't anger them. He's going to be U.S. Senator. Get ready for Todd Young 2.0. That's Get exactly ready. what happened. Get he, ready, Bal. You're in for a problem. He didn't anger the establishment by voting against it. Although he's going to tell everybody here in Indiana that he's opposed to raising the debt limit and he's going to continue to fight for fiscal conservatism, although he wasn't in a fighting mood last night. Casey, real quick, I'm sorry, I totally hijacked the segment. I'm just so enraged at Jim Banks' behavior. I'm so disappointed in Jim Banks' behavior. Do you want to do the trending stories, or do you want me to do my breakup? And whichever way is fine. I want you to break up. You want to do it now? Yeah. Okay. Or, or, yeah. Okay. All right. If you're feeling it. Well, no, it's do you fine. need a minute? We got to. We got to get. We got to get. We got to. Look, this show is wildly popular because we tell you the truth, and that means that we own our baggage when we make mistakes. What is it, that three-step process? Yeah. Uh, it's admit the mistake, yes. apologize for it, take corrective action. What are the three again? I'm about to do all three of them. <laughs> you are? Yeah. Admit the mistake. Yes. Apologize. Yes. Take corrective action. Okay, so admit the mistake. Yeah. I have made an egregious mistake on this radio show by repeatedly telling people that Thomas Massey was someone worth admiring and someone we one of the few we could believe in. He not only voted to move this forward on rules with some bullcrap excuse about how it will lead to spending cuts in the future, he then voted for the debt ceiling itself. So I had been telling people, well, he's just He's just wrong on this This being totally wed to order and procedure. He doesn't get it. He's naive to blah, 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 assuming he would vote against the actual thing. No, he voted for the thing, and he's trying to sell a lie Some to people procedural. that there will be, oh, there'll be these spending cuts. If we don't do it in, in uh, appropriations bills, there'll be automatic spending. No, there won't. There's never automatic. It doesn't matter what it says on paper. There's been things on paper a gajillion times. It, it No. You're in on this now. So Thomas Massey owns the $4 trillion we just added to the debt. So what? what's the first one I'm supposed to do? So you admit the mistake. So I have a, I made, made a terrible mistake telling our audience that there was someone to believe in in Thomas Massey. Okay, number one. Number two, apologize. I am sorry because, I, look, it doesn't matter that I feel pressure from people to be nice to people because, well, Rob is just negative about everyone. You have to find something you're for. It doesn't matter that I have tried to do that as I have been expressed by our audience. It doesn't matter Ultimately, the buck stops with me. I've told people to uh, Thomas Massey was someone you could believe in. That has been proven incorrect. Okay, so it is admit the mistake. I apologize for telling you to do that. What's the third one? Take corrective action. Okay, there's one person left. <laughs> you're, so you're not going to tell our listeners how wonderful Thomas Massey is anymore. Well, I'm saying Rand Paul is the only one left now. <laughs> and uh, I feel relatively confident I'm going to... Uh, not have to eat crow on that one based on his public statements and the 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 lifetime of Rand Paul. So, the what would the corrective action be on this? I mean, is it I, just no it. no more supporting anyone? Because they all stab me in the back, Casey. <laughs> they all stab me in the back. Well, you just can't tell people how wonderful he is anymore. Well, but I but I feel like if I do this again, I'm going to get. I mean, Thomas Massey. You'll have to go through the three step process. I don't want to go through this. It's just easier to say they all suck. Rand Paul's the last one. I'm clinging to him, and other than that, I'm out, sister. All right, we've got the news coming up next. Is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
Good morning. It is 9.33. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find us both on Twitter. He's at Rob M. Kendall. I'm at Casey Daniels 317. And if you're trying to find us on the YouTube today, we are there. You just have to look. It'll say Hammer and Nigel and yesterday's date. But it is us. Mm-hmm. Here we are, um, not looking anything like Hammer right or Nigel. And by the way, real quick, we're going to get into Mike Pence here in just a second because mm-hmm. I am so excited that he's running for president. Yeah, me too. Can we say a big thank you to, I'm holding this up now on the yeah. uh, YouTube chat for those of you who are popped on there. Listener Drake sent us, super fan Drake, these very fabulous, um, what are the, what are the names of these things? What do you call these little guys? They're a, it's a, I was going to say a cup, but yeah. it's something you drink your... Uh, beverage out of, yeah. but it is wrapped in the Kendall and Casey uh, masthead logo. These mm-hmm. are just the most fabulous thing ever. I'm spinning them around now on the YouTube chat. I like this shape. It's not too wide. To It'll fit here. nicely in the cup holder. We love you, Drake. Thank, Thank you, you yeah. very much. And congratulations on your forthcoming child. That's amazing. 934. All right, let's talk about Mike Pence. He's <laughs> announcing that he's announcing. I love this. I'm going to announce... I'm announcing that I'm going to announce. Yes. Going to let you know that I'm going to let you know. He's uh, planning to announce that he's running for president on June 7th. Apparently, he's going to do that in Iowa. He's been hopscotching all over that state. Came home for a little bike ride, a motorcycle ride across Indiana for Memorial Weekend. Now he's going to go back to Iowa. Well, and I am... um... I'm very excited about this, Casey. As Mm -hmm. you know, I've got many things that I've been uh, sitting on for eight, nine years now Mm -hmm. for my time when I had the great displeasure of uh, being conned into going to work in state government, and it was uh, horrific, and it was awful. And uh, Casey, I have some stories from when I had the, well, the distinct pleasure of working for not one, not two, but three state auditors in about a six-month span. And, well, Mike Pence caused that little issue, and so we'll we'll talk about that and his less-than-forthcoming rendition of what happened to the people of the state of indiana we'll talk some stories about that uh i'll talk about my time at the pharmacy board and how uh, mike pence and his administration repeatedly put uh, himself in the protection of him over the, the people of the state of indiana and what an just an abject disaster uh mike pence was to work under there and the mismanagement of funds and monies and uh we'll talk about uh we'll talk about that and terrible management man i'm just so excited casey i did not think he was self-absorbed enough to pull the trigger because he has no chance to win yeah what is his lane a lot of conservatives like him well here, here but is it enough here's what the lane was and I have dubbed these people in my own, you know, my fertile mind never stops moving, Casey. I have now dubbed these people the Gravy Train Brigade. And the Gravy Train Brigade is the people who have, for decades now, clung to Mike Pence's ascension in politics, to steal a Seinfeld phrase, like grim death. Mm-hmm. And their whole lives in many in many senses have been their ability to earn livings, their ability to have power or influence or prestige has been on uh, just clinging to Mike Pence's coattails and they have elevated up the ladder and the gravy train brigade has recognized this is the last stop. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, even if Mikey doesn't win, which he's not going to win because he has as much chance of winning as I do, 
Well, we can get jobs and we can get a little bit of fun for the next, oh, you know, whatever it's going to be, seven, eight months as we crisscross around the fruited plain with Mike Pence. And it's it's one last opportunity. It's like, you know, how uh, Kiss is on the farewell tour. It's the Gravy Train Brigade's <laughs> farewell tour for Mike Pence. And I look, Casey, I'm just, gosh darn it, Casey, I'm so excited to start talking about some stuff. And, it's not going to be some big expose. We're probably not going to do it all at once. We'll have a you know a little story here, a little story there. I'm sure Michael do and say all sorts of things that'll just they'll just spawn mm-hmm. just spawn memories. Casey, you're going to sprinkle them over time, beginning what June 8th. Well, the I don't day know. After he you announces, know, producer Jason's here with us, and Jason and I we've been friends for a long time, and Jason remembers in real time when these things were were going on. And I told Jason, I said, well, gosh darn it, Jason, there's going to be a day where I'm going to be able to tell a lot of mm-hmm. these uh, stories. And Jason nodding in agreement there. I saw that, uh, well, he he remembers the stories and the stuff. And I've got a lot of it documented and I've hung on to some stuff for, you know, years and years and years. I'm going to dare Mike Pence when I tell some of these stories to waltz out and say these things didn't happen. Because, you know, Casey, I believe in people especially when they're in the public service mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily forthcoming with the people that they represent. I believe in, in comeuppance and I, I believe in people getting what they deserve and I, I'm so excited, Casey. I so can't you're wait. excited not for his run, but to share stories. I'm just it's going to be story hour and it. You know, they may pop up mm-hmm. one story here and another story there and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so this it's is going to be great. This is a growing field now of more and more people entering this race. So you've got Trump, you've got DeSantis, you're going to have Mike Pence. Chris Christie is teasing a run. You've got Tim Scott. You've got Nikki Haley. You've got Vivek Ramaswamy. You've got the what the guy from North Dakota, Doug somebody. Who, uh, <laughs> Doug, what's his face? Let, am, am I am I missing? Am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing some people. Uh, well, you've got Aza Hutchinson. Oh, right. The I former knew, governor I knew was, I was Mississippi, missing yes, or Arkansas or somewhere, somewhere. But, so Donald Trump, he's been attacking everybody yes. lately. And he's been having a really good time attacking Ron DeSantis. What do you think will happen when Mike Pence officially gets in the race? Well, here's the thing, and I... And I um, I am so another thing I'm so excited about, in addition to tell, you know, my little stories that might be of interest to, you know, some people who've worked in politics in Indiana for a real, you know, long time, though maybe some names come out there that people recognize and we'll go way back in the time machine, is that Mike Pence is gonna have to stand on a stage with Donald Trump. Right. And you know I've been a little critical of Trump's approach to his fellow human beings. I can assure you, Casey, at no point will I be critical of whatever approach Donald Trump takes to Mike Pence on a stage with mm-hmm. him. I, gosh darn it, Casey, I'm just so looking forward to that. I can't wait. I'm sure Mike Pence feels like he's got a lot to say, too. Well, or he wouldn't do this. Well, you he, know. Why would he put himself in that position unless he's ready to answer the questions? And here's two things I'm really looking forward to Mike Pence answering. Because gosh darn it, you know, he's just a really great guy, Casey, who's just totally above approach. And no doubt he'll be sprinting to the nearest podium to give clarity on these uh, on these two things. Is uh, Number one, and, and I think it's a very fair question, if indeed there was nothing that Mike Pence could do about the election if there was just a, you know, it was just a fait accompli and I'm just a ceremonial guy and I don't have any power here and I'm just, you know, just, Rubber a, stamping. just a babe in the woods, um, you know, just Mr. Nativity. Why, just days before January 6th, Casey, mm-hmm. did he stand on a stage 
in Georgia in front of thousands of people. It's not like it was just, you know, the three of us, you and me and Jason with Mike Pence. He did it and on national television. The cameras were rolling. There were thousands cheering. It was, a, I think, a rally for the, that runoff in Georgia. And he, he said, maybe, 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 um, Maybe we'll find that for tomorrow and play that for everybody. You can find it readily on YouTube saying, boy, he's got a lot of concerns and they're really going to dig into it. We're, we're going to get to the bottom of what happened on election day because I got a lot of concerns and the crowd was cheering and applauding. If indeed, Casey, he had concerns. Yeah. And, and he was just, but if he was just a ceremonial figure, why would he be, well, I don't want to use the word betraying and. Maybe misleading might be a better word. Why would, if he indeed had these concerns and there was nothing he could do about it, why was he misleading those thousands of hopefuls in Georgia that he was going to get to the bottom of it and do something about mm -hmm. it? That's question number one. Question number two for, for Mike is going to be, um, do you believe Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes? And if the answer is yes, then that's great. And, uh, well, we're done here and you're done here. Uh, because that's going to be a really bold strategy in a Republican primary, standing on stage with Donald Trump saying, I think Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes. But if you don't think Joe Biden got 81 million legal votes, why'd you certify, why'd you certify the election? Mm -hmm. You know, again, Mike Pence, a guy, I know he's written some books. And, well, he, of course, he's avoided a real job like the plague for most of his adult life. So, you know, he hasn't been out digging ditches or doing things, making America actually work. He's been doing things like, Voting dad, bill, uh, hundreds of billions to the national debt, sending other people's kids to fight and die in ill-begotten wars. He's been, you know, uh, promoting and signing legislation that's embarrassed our state like RIFRA and then changed his mind. Apparently, it was such a great thing that he changed his mind a week later and further embarrassed our state. So, you know, I know he's going to have to answer for, you know, all those other sort of things, too. But in the process, at some point, he's going to have to answer those two questions. And gosh darn it, Casey, I think that those are going to be really important questions to answer in terms of how people vote. I'm so excited for this, Casey. Let's go. June 7th can't get here fast enough. All right. Well, he's going to announce it on June 7th in Iowa. We'll see what that looks like. And I'm curious as to what nickname Trump is going to give him. <laughs> because he hasn't had one because he used to be his teammate. Now he's going to be his opponent. So what's the nickname going to be? You know, Trump has been calling Ron DeSantis Rob De Sanctimonious. And then Trump posted out a message yesterday saying, have you heard that Rob De Sanctimonious wants to change his name again? He's demanding that people call him DeSantis rather than DeSantis. He went on to say, actually, I like duh better, oh. a nicer flow. So I'm happy he's changing it. He gets very upset when people, including reporters, don't pronounce it correctly. Now, I have noticed that. I always called him DeSantis. Mm -hmm. But now Ron DeSantis has been emphasizing the D. But Ron DeSantis has been in Iowa, and he said he's going to start responding to Trump attacks, and he's not going to back down, and he's going to start to counterpunch. In the middle of this, there was a Harvard-Harris poll this month that nope. found that 53... No, I think that's... A, I think that's, that's John Kirby. So you talked about yep, uh, changing your tone a little bit with former President Trump. I don't believe you mentioned him here by name tonight, but does this mean you're going to be a bit more aggressive with campaigning against him? So look, going I'm going to respond to uh, attacks. 
I mean, if, if you say Cuomo did a better job with COVID than Florida did, first of all, that's not what he used to say. This is like new, like six months ago, he would have never said that, right? He used to say how great Florida was. Hell, his whole family moved to Florida under my governorship. Are you kidding me? Um, so, so some of this All right, stuff, we got to get to a break. Is, when we come look, back, someone is saying that Jim Merritt going to join us. Yeah, he's known Mike Pence for forty-five years. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what sort of president he thinks Mike Pence would be. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. president would Mike Pence make and what sort of campaign is he going to run? I can think of only one guy to answer (laughs) this question. He has known him, Casey, Mm -hmm. for more than 40 years. Our dear friend, 30 years in the Indiana Senate, the one and only Jim Merritt. How are you? Good morning, Robert. Casey, everything's well. Lovely Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. Ready to get back to work. Yeah. All right, this is a pretty big deal, right? I mean, you've got a guy, whatever Mm -hmm. my personal feelings of him are, and I'm very excited. Pence is going to make this announcement June the 7th. Uh, As uh, you know, Jim, and I think you may be privy to, while not the intricate details, I've got a lot of great stories about, uh, well, my time in the auditor's office, working for three auditors in about six months and how that all happened, and uh, uh, but the time on the pharmacy board and some of the just, well, wonderful things that the Pence and his people did or didn't do. What are you laughing at? Casey. Nothing. I just can't wait. You've been teasing for a while that if Mike Pence announces he's running for president, you're going to open the vault and tell oh, all the stories. I'm just so Well, excited. apparently June 8th, we're going to have story time. Well, I mean, it's not going to be instantly June 8th. I mean, I'm going to spread them out. You know, we got a lot of good stories. The thing is, be- is, every day during the week is story, story time. time. Fireside chats. <clears throat> well, look, you know, I believe in transparency in government. I've been uh, just holding on to some stuff and well, you know, Casey, I'm not one to just let things boil up inside me, uh-huh. I mean, you know, for 10 years. Uh-huh. But Jim, yeah, Jim Merritt, so yes, you've known Pence for years. You told us this story on State House Happenings today. Tell us the time you first met Mike Pence. I think this is wonderful. Well, I was down at Hanover College. My next-door neighbor was uh, this this fellow who had a real interest in politics, and I walked in the Fiji house into a, a dorm room in the Fiji house, and Here's this uh, young man with coal black hair, blue sweatshirt on, white Hanover across the front. And uh, we started talking, and it ended up being Mike Pence. And uh, we've been good friends for uh, since 1978. And, uh, you know, I think, I think everybody ought to run for office. And I think if you want to, I think you should put your hat in the ring. And, and uh, uh, the vice president's going to do that next week. He's got a national following. I don't know what poll he's seeing that he's leading. <laughs> the the gravy <clears throat> seeing the poll that was given to him, Jim, yeah. by the gravy train brigade, <laughs> whose entire lives are dependent upon Mike Pence getting another job in politics. Right, but you know, I I um, I, I want to look positively on this because I I, I endorse the idea of it, it. It may dilute the the field against President Trump. Maybe it won't. But I I think. Tim Scott getting into it, and and uh, Nikki Haley. I just think that the Republican Party has to put those ideas out there. Now, do I think that the vice president, Vice President Pence, is going to be disruptor? I don't know. But I know one thing is he's a decent man. He knows what he knows. And uh, uh, he, if you put Mike Pence in a diner 
in Iowa. He's going to be friends with everybody and probably knows them now anyway because he's been going to Iowa probably since 2012. Yeah, you won a lot of elections, though. Before you made the egregious mistake of running for mayor, you were you were undefeated, <laughs> right? I mean, you were yeah, just yeah. you had run the table. You were like the <clears throat> Alabama of yeah. state Senate elections. Yeah, eight eight times, and yeah, I'm eight and one, and uh, it was egregious. And and uh, if I had to do it over again, I'd probably think think 30 times before I did it. But but uh, this vice president showed a lot of courage on January 6th, and uh, here's I, the, here's I'm the pro- anxious to see how he comes forth with a presidential campaign. Here's the problem with that, though. Jim Merritt, our guest, uh, he's known Mike Pence for a long time. We're talking about Pence's big announcement the, the coming up that he's running for president. You say he showed courage, but days before January 6th, he's at this big rally in Georgia with, you know, a stadium or whatever it is full of people. And he's whooping him up about all these issues he's got with the election and all the things he's going to take a look at. And look, if your case from the beginning was, well, I'm just a rubber stamp and this is ceremonial and kiss my backside and we're out of here. Okay. But he wasn't singing that tune when he wanted people to clap for him in Georgia days before January 6th. Well, you know, I I can't defend every speech that he made, uh, but when it came down to getting all the legal um issues in front of him he made the decision uh to follow the constitution and i support that do you think he can run or do you (laughs) do you think he can run do you think he can win no i don't (laughs) have you have you told this to him as his friend we haven't spoken for a while but he stopped stopped being friends with jim just like holcomb when he started hanging out with me (laughs) (laughs) look what you're doing ruining friendships across the fruited plain i I think i think the vice president is going to need like five breaks in the next year and a half and and what i hope is all these candidates including the vice president if they see that they're just diluting the vote and that uh, there's a strong uh, there's a strong candidate in one candidate alone uh, come December or January before the before the Iowa caucuses. I hope they drop out. I, ho- I hope we get a robust conversation going in the next six, seven months. And then uh, and then the party uh, makes a decision. And we we have uh, President Trump is the elephant in the middle of the room. And if we have a strong candidate that can talk about the issues uh, go head to head with him, so we don't. Uh, you know, we put the very best best candidate against President Bri- Biden if he's there, mm-hmm. and um, that that's what I hope. I hope we have a robust conversation about the future of our country uh, by by the Republican Party. I'm looking so forward to the debates in August. Do, do you think that he thinks he can win? Like, Absolutely, what is, I don't think anybody. He wouldn't well, run if he didn't think that. I, I don't know about me in the mayor's race, but. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, I mean, the, you gotta laugh, Robert. I mean, the gravy train brigade has snowed him into thing, and he's got his chance. Yeah, you've got to if you announce and you're putting your body and your soul and your family um, out there uh, on on the uh, uh, tarmac of life. Mm-hmm. You've got to feel like you're going to win. Yeah, but you, you, go ahead, Casey. But you're saying that he has to run a perfect campaign, and the other guys have to make mistakes. Yes, a lot like Jefferson Shreve this year in the municipal elections in Marion County. He's going to need breaks. He's going to have to run a, a perfect campaign. He's uh, Shreve's going to need Democrats and moderates to to come along with him. Pence is going to need uh, he's going to need moderates along with, you know, he has such a following in the Christian right, but he's going to need more than that. A couple minutes left with Jim Merritt talking about Mike Pence running for president. He's known Mike for 
what well that would be 78 would be 45 years mm-hmm. boy that's neat you met him when you were 10 years old jim that's really <laughs> exciting and i didn't have white hair uh you uh look i Taking my personal feelings about Pence and experiences about Pence and his administration out of this, I look back at his time at gov- as governor and I say, what was the signature thing? Like, what do you hang your hat on other than that I was Trump's lackey? Well, if nobody's going to vote for you for being Trump's lackey because Trump's still in the race. So what is his what is the case? Well, I think I think it's really his case as a presidential candidate is what he did as vice president in the record. He talks a lot about the uh, Trump-Pence administration of all the 40 and 50 and 60 things that actually happened under their watch. Uh, You know, to be be truthful about it, uh, Mitch Daniels was a disruptor. He had eight years and had had an hourglass on his his, uh, desk, and he didn't waste any time whatsoever. In the three years... Uh, Pence worked with the legislation to keep the machine going. Uh, you have a podcast. I do. Merit in the morning. It. Merit in the morning. Klopp and I have. Klopp uh, Seinstein. Yes, exactly. Brad and, and uh, he's on these airwaves, and we are talking to the mayor of Noblesville oh. today, Chris Jensen. Yeah, uh, we, we had him, in the morning. We had him on this show several weeks mm-hmm. ago. We vehemently disagree with his gajillion dollars we're, we're the, on youtube and we're on facebook with merit in the morning and i really enjoyed that time yeah you're great and i'm looking forward to seeing you have a more in-depth conversation with him about the mad ants uh mm-hmm. facility so merit in the morning you find it on youtube you find it on facebook exactly and you find jim merit right here each week you're a national treasure thank you my friend <laughs> thank you you're listening to kendall and casey on 93 wibc